We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to season three. Uh, we are so happy to be serving up some geek centric goodness for all of all of you in this new year. Uh, if you're new, thank you so much for tuning in for the first time, and if you've tuned in before, thank you so much for your support um, so far. You know, we really couldn't have done any of this without you. Uh, whether you're you know hanging out with us from our Instagram, our YouTube, uh, or just maybe you just listen to the podcast, we really, really hope you're enjoying everything so far, and uh, and we've got a lot to offer going forward this year and beyond. In today's episode, before we go forward, we're going to take a look back at the good parts of 2020 as we recount our favorite movies, TV shows, games, and even podcasts. So if you didn't watch enough TV during lockdown or you just slept through the entire year, I I get it. Don't worry. Uh, We got you covered. But first... If you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have... It took me a long time to find at least one of these words that I haven't used before. We have the jurisprudentially jaded Jabberwocky, Justin. Wow. Is that last one a made-up word? J- uh, Jabberwocky? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Is that a musical group? I can't, I can't. Uh, the one I, I was ex- excited about was jurisprudentially. What does Ma- that mean? Uh, look it up. It has something to do with law, I'm sure. Uh, you know, we have, a, <laughs> okay. we have a friend of ours who might be able to tell us about that. But. And uh, through the magic of the internet, on a screen next to him, we have the kind-hearted connoisseur of kinky collectibles kevin hudson oh that's amazing you nailed me i'm sweet and and kinky i like it yeah guys how are you doing in this fine day in 2021 we got through 2020 oh yes and what a year eh what a Uh, year it's still going we're still in it it's not like it's actually ended right i guess not still (laughs) but uh you know as we reflect on on everything Mm -hmm. it's crazy to see you know where we were a year from from today yeah. being that we were all together uh at disney i think yeah. today was epcot day epcot, right, it was epcot day today yep. yeah that was so, that was a fun day oh, yeah it was, wow. and it was Ke- kevin's wedding obviously which uh you know was our season one uh episode yeah. from last season so if you haven't listened to that and you want you know you have three hours to kill and you want to hear about disney then you know take a listen but yeah it's crazy to see all these photos popping up and just remembering so your anniversary is Two days from today? Two days from today. Oh, oh man. One Congratulations. Year, year yes. one. Yes. Well, we've got a reservation, a uh, table for two at Shea, uh, Shea Kev. Mm. So Beautiful. You know, we won't yeah, be what, able to what's... do anything big or, you know. Okay. Now, is that a character but... dining experience, Kevin? Is there going to be? <laughs> uh, I could bring out some of the old uh, YouTube <laughs> costumes for sure. Uh, but uh, you kind of touched on it, Just, that like this was kind of the most non-existent new year ever like in terms of just not celebrating new years in a traditional way and yeah and being in the middle of something so serious and so engrossing um yeah that yeah there was that didn't it doesn't feel like a new year or anything like that so no yeah it just and it's more you know like lockdown's been going on far more now in canada 
Um, so it's just been getting deeper in that, you know, vaccines are on the horizon, which is great, but you know, and I think so. that the, the main focus just should be, you know, th- th- there is an end in sight, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, like at least, you know, back in September, we had no idea where this was going and when it would ever end. And now it feels like we're, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But, yeah. you know, by the end of this year, we should be able to kind of move on oh it'll you know, be better but we probably in 2022 what we're going back we're gonna go back to disney all of yeah, us and just, just over a year from now we'll, yeah, we'll do the disney thing again for fingers sure. crossed yeah. fingers crossed that it's uh that it's a thing yeah yeah i honestly i just i just need more dole whip you guys in my life that's the big <laughs> thing you know i was watching some youtubers the other night and they were in hawaii eating dole whip and i'm just i hated them so um <laughs> Speaking of, of watching things, hopefully that we didn't hate, um, guys, let's get right into our topic of the show. All right. So as we were talking, um, you know, I'm sure everyone can agree that 2020 was a rough year for the most part. You know, as we said, it started out great right in January, but pretty much went downhill after that. Uh, but even 2020, you know, even though it was such a downer for so many reasons, we still found ways to get through it. And for this topic of the show, we want to share some of those ways, some of those movies, TV shows, games, collectibles, and podcasts that help to bring a little bit more brightness to our year. Um, so with that said, guys, we're going to go round robin style on each category. And we're going to give, you know, you, the listeners, our top selection of 2020 for each category. Now, some rules here, um, maybe not for every category. I know, Kevin, for gaming, you might want to dip a little bit outside of the rule of it has to be out during 2020. Um, But for for everything else, guys, this is going to be content or things that uh, were released in 2020. Um, So, guys, you ready to jump in? Let's do this. Cool. Okay, well, guys, I want to start off with uh, something near and dear to my heart. I think, you know, I think... TV actually was, uh, you know, I, I I think everyone's been saying that 2018, 2019, you know, these are the renaissance years of television. Uh, and I think 2020 was no different. I think we got some really, really amazing shows. Um, so I wanted to kind of start off with, you know, streaming. I don't think we're, you know, unless you're Kevin, you're not watching, you know, things with commercials on, on cable television anymore. So, well, and frankly, there hasn't been much on cable television. (laughs) Yeah. Right. They've all been on hiatus. Right. So, oh yeah. So it's, it's really, it really has been the year of streaming though. Right. Like obviously it's, it's a hundred percent been the year of streaming and episodic content like TV content, uh, being streamed. So yeah, this is a fantastic category to have. Beautiful. Well, listen, Justin, let's start with yourself. What was, uh, you know, give me give me your streaming show of 2020. Well, I was reviewing the the list. So, mm-hmm. you know, of, of things that came out and just reflecting on what I had watched and things that I might have missed and some things I, I, I watched here and there and, and didn't get to finish, but we'll probably come back to. And then I get to the end and I see The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, like, I think this show for me was it this was my 
best streaming of 2020. This did everything I wanted it to do for me as nice. a Star Wars fan. Uh, we got Boba Fett coming back. We got this wicked storyline. I think it, they knocked it out of the park. So yeah, The Mandalorian for me, season two, uh, was fantastic. And if you want to hear what we thought, you can check out our extensive watch club of all eight episodes from this se- from last season. Absolutely. Um, definitely check it out because we had a fun time talking about it. And I think that also kind of feed it, fed into enjoying the show that much more was being able to share that with you guys as well and talking about it um because you know we're all star wars geeks as 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 everyone on our listeners know so i think i you know getting to live through those episodes together through conversation was was a lot of fun as well so i'm i'm blown away you know like under 12 minutes of our first episode of season three and uh we talk about star wars so that was uh that's impressive i think that's the longest we've gone without talking about star wars um no dude 100 percent agree with you i know mando was probably on at least my list, I know maybe Kevin as well, um, in terms of like our, our potentials and just the the amount that Disney stepped it up with that show from season one to season two, I think we can absolutely all agree it was a massive, massive increase in quality. I'd say it's more so less it's like Disney because obviously Disney owns Lucasfilms and 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 Marvel Studios and, and we always say Disney, but I, yeah. I do think that it's up it's up to Lucasfilm and I think Lucasfilms right now with Kathleen Kennedy and Favreau and Filoni, they're finding their flow of of the kind of stories they can tell that are still going to connect to the fan base that's existing. I think the rocky start there was offering way too much yeah. and not really having a honed sort of focus and everything feeling different that Mandalorian still feels like familiar yet different and and this just solidified that season two just confirmed a lot of that in yeah. the sense of yeah. introducing uh things from the animated series into it and and, and bringing in some of the old storylines and, and and characters and just it, it connected it fit itself into the star wars universe so well and uh i think that's that's what's to be celebrated here is that you know lucasfilm might be you know getting their 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 footing on what kind of star wars content they want to create for the future which is exciting um but yeah Mandalorian All season right. two. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's an awesome choice because it, it was definitely in my top three in terms of like favorite shows and favorite experiences through, uh, you know, a television show or streaming like that. Um, it's exciting to think that the show could only get better. Like that'd be mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. Yeah, man, absolutely fantastic. Um, cool, Kevin. What is your uh, top streaming show of 2020? Uh, I, I watched quite a few shows this year um and some of them weren't necessarily um you know first seasons that debuted in 2020 but i sort of discovered them last year um mm-hmm. and one such example would be uh, ozark absolutely loved it oh, yeah. um and and i'm really excited to see where that one went um but towards the end of the year my favorite streaming experience was the queen's gambit i absolutely loved it i had wow. so much fun uh, i thought it was such a a fun way to tell a story and to make chess that fun is like such an achievement, you know? Um, And so that was my favorite for a long time until I finally got onto the Apple TV and watched Ted Lasso. And (laughs) that show is unbelievable. Let's go. That is such a lovely, fun, funny show. Yes. Can I ask you, please tell me at some point you, you cried at least once. Uh, I was close. Okay. I was (sighs) close. Damn it. <laughs> so close. close. I definitely cried at least three times right now. <laughs> no, no, yeah. There are just some really, really lovely moments that like are yeah. so there's such great payoffs to these characters and what they're doing. And yeah. I've never like it was like two minutes in, I was like, okay, I'm in for this ride. Right? So 
yeah. the coolest thing is I, I love how it it's sort of um, it's a sports show, but it's not a sports show. You know what I mean? It's Man, a people is, show. There is so little actual <laughs> football soccer, soccer football. in yeah. the show. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they. I think you see three matches total the whole season. The rest is just about the characters, and that's what makes it so good. Is that you love these characters? I have like ten favorite characters from one show. Dude, I agree with you. I, I agree with you so much, but it didn't make my top of twenty twenty as much oh, as like that was literally I that was it gonna was, be it. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there, dude. It was right there. And and I'll be honest with you, this was probably the toughest one for me because I think this is the one that I had the most of. Like you were always saying, like, bro, dude. have you checked out this show? Bro, have you checked bro, out you this gotta, show? Bro, <laughs> yeah. bro, have you watched Lovecraft Country? Bro, yeah. have you watched uh Queen's Gambit? Yeah. Ozark season three. Uh Mythiquest. Mythiquest, Westworld season three, Harley Quinn season two. Like all of these shows. It's crazy to think that all that stuff happened. And honestly, I wanted to say Cobra Kai. But the rules strictly say 2020, and unfortunately, they did not release a season in 2020. They released one in 2019, and technically 2021. But getting to my my top show, my top streaming show of uh, 2020 uh, has to be The Boys Season 2. I feel like the show, it really found its steam with this season. Like, the first season was great, but... But this show, this season gives, like, I would say just as many mind-blowing twists, mind-blowing twists, <laughs> uh, as it comes <laughs> into its own. Um, it's It's got better story pacing. The character development is better this season overall. Um, and we learn more about, you know, Butcher's past and his family. And we see why he cares for Huey the way he does. Um, and just, I get, like, honestly, the show, I think the biggest thing for this show and for, like, s- like characters on TV had to come down to like seeing the performances with Anthony Starr and Aya Cash, like it kept my eyes glued to the screen whenever they were on it. Um, and and they, they you know they focused on these characters that needed more screen time uh, than in season one, which I appreciated. And it, it got crazier and crazier and crazier. And I just can't wait to see where it goes. Like it's it was just something where you know every single episode just had at least one moment where I was just like, whoa, like what? Like stand up, like freaking out. And I just loved it, man. Like it's such a, it's such a, a really good uh, adaptation of the source material um, that's doing its own thing in its own way. Like as long as they don't walk and deadify it, where, where we're talking about season 12 and we're just like, okay, whatever. Um, honestly, I think it's got, some insane potential yeah i and i think apparently the direction they're heading in the comics uh it gets even wilder and and you know more lewd and crude so if they're just gonna up the stakes every year you know it'll be interesting to see just how far they're willing to go uh yeah no that's a good call like that was that was definitely up there just because it it elevated the story too right like every episode served its purpose which again in mandalorian shortcomings not every episode elevated the story but there were amazing standout episodes that did 
I feel like with the boys is a better example of, of how just yeah. elements in each episode moving that star that story forward and really hooking you because they did do the same sort of uh, release as as Mandalorian where it was weekly right like they yep. did they did that so I think that that's that helps again that that to me that returning into the streaming world you know where we're so where we're so comfortable with everything just being dumped on Netflix like in one go and being able to binge it. That yeah. idea of, of reintroducing waiting weekly for streaming, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I'm, I'm sort of digging it because it, it really does allow you to sink in and, and, and enjoy that story and then the excitement for it. It's old school. Yeah, it's returning that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, you know, TV shows uh, can only occupy so much of our lockdown. Um, so, you know, there might be some other ways that we wanted to, uh, to spend our time. And, you know, I think gaming is something that, I, I honestly, it didn't just succeed during 2020, like it thrived during 2020, um, even, you know, even with everything happening in the world, the amount of people buying Nintendo Switches and asking me like, what game should I get that's, you know, besides Animal Crossing that I already got for it, like, which by the way, was that, that was like the perfect time to release it, um, you know, allowing everyone to travel, meet new friends and, and you know, go, go to an island when you had to, you know, stay in your house. Um, I think was was a huge deal. Um, but uh, but guys, let's let's go ahead and talk about our favorite games of 2020. And again, for this one, you know, I I have something that was released in 2020. I'm not sure if Justin does or not. But uh, I know for Kevin, you'd mentioned that you might want to dip a little bit outside of 2020. Maybe share something that you experienced during 2020. Kevin, what is a game uh, that you picked as your 2020 game of the year? Nail on the head there. Um, you know, I did not play many video games over the lockdown not nearly as much as i thought i would uh i yeah. i mean you know working during the week helped i uh, was fortunate enough to do that but uh it also just made me realize that i didn't need to run out and buy the playstation 5 just yet you know i yeah. think i've got a year or two left on the ps4 with games i haven't played yet Absolutely. Um, and so i did go out and play some older um highly acclaimed games um mm-hmm. first of which would be last of us so I yeah. finally got around to, to doing that just as the second one came out, you know. So yep. it was kind of like I was in on the hype for the game coming out. I was just playing a <laughs> playing slightly the, different the previous game. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was kind of in on that. Um, I also tackled the Uncharted series, which yeah, was uh, a lot of fun. That was uh, uh, something that had been recommended to me for years, you know, with my love for Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. um, but um, no, the game that, really got me i started playing towards the end of the year uh and that was assassin's creed origins and so uh, for anybody who knows me i'm I'm, i love my history and my two favorite periods are ancient greece and uh ancient egypt and so to go play an assassin's creed open world game where i'm going into to pyramids and i'm exploring caverns under the, the the great sphinx and you know just riding through the desert and, and visiting memphis and all these amazing plate it, you know it's it was like a history book that i've been reading for years and years come to life finally and so that was just an absolute blast for me and uh, as soon as i'm done that one i will move on to odyssey and do some uh, assassin's creed in greece but uh, no valhalla came out and uh, my brother was playing that just as i was playing origin so once again i was in on the hype <laughs> for sure. something you know, that was that's, that's, I sort of felt like I was in on something, even though I'm years yeah. behind. And everyone's like, oh, but by the time you get around to PS5, the graphics will be dated or whatever. And I'm like, not for me. 
I haven't no, seen yeah. anything better than what I'm doing. So I'm yeah. just going to take yeah. my time and play some old classics until uh, I can get my hands on the new ones. Yeah. But you guys yeah. are going to have a lot more experience with that. Well, I don't know. Because, like, honestly, like, I, you know, the, the game that I'm going to pick is going to definitely be the game that everyone would know. And that is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, oh yeah. The short storyline didn't bother me as much as I I thought. Like I had heard a lot of rumors about it being a shorter storyline and I was like, "Oh, that might be a bit of a cop out." But I actually didn't mind it because even still like it still took me some time to finish just the story part and I still yeah. have to do all the the other parts. The side uh, stuff, anything. yeah. Yeah. So, but it was tons of fun. Um, I thought it was just also just a nice sort of short story to introduce this character. And then maybe now we pop back into like a Spider-Man two. So that's, what's really exciting. Like is, is like where, where it's going to go for the next game and the sort of connectivity to, to maybe miles. Um, the graphics obviously on a PS five are, are insane. The, uh, high fidelity, oh, dude. uh, the, the, the reflection, um, the control, like, you know, Nate and I, we, we've talked about it, like the controls are, are, are fun. You feel the vibrations and, and all sorts of stuff, but you know, it doesn't fully lean into the usage of that, that controller as much as it could, uh, yeah. maybe in future games. Yeah, um, not like something like call of duty, which, which I've also like was able to play, mm-hmm. which is insane. I've only gotten through like one mission of, of the story, but it's, it's Dude, a, tons it's of a Michael Bay movie that, that yeah, game, but no, yeah, I, that, yeah, well, yeah. that's, that's what call of, that's what call of duty is, right? It's like yeah. literally living a Michael Bay movie as a video game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's, that would be my, my, my experience. Like last of us too. I, I sadly didn't, I haven't finished it yet. But I loved Last of Us. Obviously, I've I've shared with both of you guys. Like it's it is mm-hmm. literally the the best game in my mind in terms of like story experience. So I can only imagine what this is going to obviously do. And I wonder if I had finished it, maybe then I'd be saying you know, maybe Last of Us too. But yeah, I'm gonna lean into to Miles Morales because I really had a lot of fun. I will say Spider Man Miles Morales. Don't at me, listeners. But uh, Spider Man Miles Morales is was better than 2018's. Uh, Spider Man. Just saying, it it was tighter. The narrative was yes, right. I agree with you. With that, the narrative yeah. was better paced, and it it didn't have as much filler. It didn't need it. And if honestly, no. if Spider Man yeah. twenty eighteen was as short as this Spider Man, I think people would have like been hummed and haw at the beginning, like originally. But they would yeah. have gotten over it. I got a question for you guys. Go for it. Do I need to play this now? Should I get it for four just so I can play it, or do I wait till I get a five and play it on that? Like it depends though when you're gonna get the five. If you're gonna get the five, like in two years or a year, let's say a year. Oh, I'd say just play, then play it, now. it now. Yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna get a five, like in like six months, then yeah, maybe wait. But if you're if if it's you're looking beyond a year, I'd say get it because honestly, like the the, the graphics part, like to to what you mentioned before, you're not gonna notice it because you haven't seen it yet. But the the things right. that I would love to call out about it is some of the new powers also just the story it was really tight it just felt nice. very concise so you know everything was very purposeful so it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so uh yeah for me um you know ghost of tsushima i think was such a pleasant surprise um just in how good it, it actually turned out i i mean a lot of people expected the game to to become you know to be something awesome but i don't think anybody expected it to be as good as it actually turned out to be um and with the dlc they put into it with the multiplayer um it's just crazy how 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 much they knocked it out of the park but uh but but the game that i i played and i i literally couldn't put the controller down for an entire 25 hours until i finished the story was the last of us part two um you know it's 
it's just a phenomenal, I think, masterpiece in terms of of even just like if we're gonna call these things art. Here, I'll, I'll, I want to read you a little excerpt from my review. Uh, really quick, and hopefully I don't sound too obnoxious. Only video games have the ability to put you into other people's life experiences. Only video games can bring you closer to understanding what it's like to be someone of a different outlook, a different race, gender, or sexuality. And it's games and stories like this one that challenge our own views of justice and empathy and represent the best function of this medium. Uh, this game was incredible. Like it's It's the best narrative that I've ever experienced in a video game. And I've never experienced a game that has challenged me so much from its story and pushed back the way that this game pushes back. Not just from the way like the game is difficult, but from literally your feelings. <laughs> um, it pushes the medium of, of video game narratives forward. And as I said, it's an absolute masterpiece. Naughty Dog redefined narrative storytelling in video games with the release of that game. And that's why it's my 2020 um best podcast uh let's let's move right into there um i would love to kind of hear you guys you know i think for me uh, first off how do you guys like to enjoy your podcast because we've talked about this in the past i'm a i'm a i'm in the shower when i'm hearing these people (laughs) it's gonna sound weird now um i'm uh you know (laughs) you know but i'm like you know i'm i'm doing the dishes or i'm i'm in the car that's really my podcast time otherwise if i'm in front of a tv it's not involving podcasts um but uh but yeah guys what you know let's start with um justin and then move into your podcast if you don't mind well i don't know i i feel like i like to i like all sorts of podcasts if they're conversations with people that i actually like want to hear then i'll be invested for a two-hour conversation and i'll pause intermittently with covid and not being able to go downtown and, and use transit for to get to work and stuff like that. Uh, and now I'm working from home. I haven't been listening to as many podcasts as I, as I might like to, because that was usually my go-to. But, you know, that being said, like, I do enjoy content that can be very refined and focused. Like, uh, there was one that I, I came across actually this year that, that's not new. Uh, it's NPR's uh, Pop Culture. And, like, some of their episodes are, like, 15 minutes. They just quickly talk about yeah. like a show or an episode of a show, right? Like it's not, it's just, they're very small snackable things, but there's a lot of them. So, you know, you can go through them fairly quickly and, and they're very uh, condensed, if you will. Um, but there's other podcasts that I like, I've been very drawn to. And I think that's more the power of like storytelling through podcasts. And towards the end Ooh. of this year, uh, it, actually in December, this podcast dropped um, and it's a retrofuturistic radio story podcast using the power of sound to tell this amazing story about space travel. Uh, just to give you guys, like, just to read you uh, the synopsis, a famed lost spaceship, the USS Hope, returns to Earth after vanishing 35 years prior. The lone survivor disembarks mysteriously, looking the exact same age as he did when he left. Following the ensuing media chaos, he finally reunites with his formerly identical twin brother, now an old man, for a one-on-one meeting. But what starts as a joyful recollection soon leads to dark revelations that threaten their relationship and the future of humanity. This podcast is called From Now, and it's produced by Q-Code. Uh, it stars Richard Madden from Game of Thrones oh. and Brian, Brian Cox. They are also both executive producers of this. 
I'll, let me let me tell you how I found this though, because this is yeah. this is the weird part. It's okay. not like I heard about this. I was literally looking through my recommendations and I saw this wicked retro cover art and I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? So I listened to the trailer and then I listened to a few more episodes and I got to say it is incredible. They're releasing episodes weekly, so it started at the end of uh 2020 and now it's it's still going. I don't know how long the run is. I, I haven't found out. Um, but like they're on episode five right now. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool how they use sound to move you through present and past. And, you know, you're hearing all these different sides and the way they use sound to even just isolate people to, to give them a sense of space. Like when you hear Richard Madden's voice and you hear, you, you get the sense he's in a box. He's, he's being quarantined, right? When you hear Brian Cox's voice or, or the, his, his robot assistant that's with him. It's, it's really, it's really, really interesting and a bit of a trip. So yeah, if you guys have a chance from now, great podcast, take a listen to it. Um, you'll enjoy it. I think you will. Very cool. Yeah. That honestly, I'm, I'm just looking at the artwork now. It looks sick. Like that looks so cool. What a cool concept too. Um, and I didn't think we were going to be talking. Okay. That's cool. I didn't think we were going to be talking about like story podcasts, right? Like you kind of forget that that's even a thing. Well, I think it's just the nice harken back to like an old tradition of like radio stories, radio shows, you know, like Orson Welles kind of did his own thing back way back when, before he was doing movies, right. With, with radio stories. Right. So, you know, there's, there's, there's this whole history to it. So it's just funny that, you know, we've moved into this, this whole new realm of podcasts and listening conversations. Now they're evolving into narratives with, with sound, like it's just sound designed so well that it, it feels like it's a movie. You, you can literally start picturing things. You close your eyes so. and it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Kevin, um, what was your podcast of 2020? Uh, so I will start off just quickly saying that um, uh, I do a lot of my podcast listening while I'm out and about going to work, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so barely leaving the house for the last uh, 12 months has really sort of uh, taken its toll on my podcast listening. I mean, for the last year, I've had news media on in the background during the day just because there's been a lot of newsworthy stuff, you know. I think maybe if things slow down a little this year, I'll be able to get back to listening to a few more. One of my faves going uh, that I that I will listen to on the regular is the Office Ladies podcast. And so they had a, they're uh, right in the thick of my favorite part of the show, season four, season five. Uh, and so it's just getting good for me. Uh, so I love that one. And just yours kind of sounds like what they're doing with audiobooks now. They're really trying to bring life to, you know, the, the story and, and tell it through you know, different uh, sensory um, effects and everything like that. Uh, and you mentioned uh, another one that does it, although it's not uh, a nonfiction story, but more like a dramatized uh, documentary biography. Uh, and that is Blockbuster. Uh, they had season two this year and it looked at uh, James Cameron. Um, and another, uh, it was it's another show where they just use sound uh, so effectively. And you know, you go on the submarines with with James Cameron, and you feel like you're underwater, and you can feel the pressure and the and the the bolts in the in the sub buckling, and you know it, it was very very tense and really really well done, and just an interesting story about a guy who defied the odds and and you know went on to you know only make two of the th- the top three highest grossing movies of all time you know for sure but it's also the idea too like i feel like his story where you know season one was about george lucas and steven spielberg and that that battle to like 
you know, get to the, you know, get to the top, you know, in the, in the early 70s. Well, and they were right? kind of the, the, they were the, the, the designer of the blockbuster. They were the creators sure. of exactly. that blockbuster. Exactly. You know, and James Cameron, 20, 30, 40 years later went and just said, this is how you do it now. And, but you know, I think it's interesting how he wanted to work in movies, but his whole desire was just how to make the process different. Do you know what I mean? Like it was always just about like, you know, that so, sort of engineering to filmmaking rather than like, you know, it's it's just an opposite. Like it's not to take any credit for him. It's just his approach of how he went about being a filmmaker and be a storyteller by looking through how he can engineer the story. I guess that's kind of what they all do, but it's no, funny. But no, but he has a very specific focus on the technology that is being yeah. used to make things you know, to to, yeah. to to push the envelope of what you can yeah. put on screen. I guess That's you could argue... sort of been his reputation. Yeah. You know, the guy got in a sub and went to the deepest part of the, the, the ocean, you know, right. all while, you know, doing research and filming for the Titanic. I mean, he really yeah, is yeah. just a groundbreaking pioneer in so many ways. And so it's an interesting yeah. story. Love him or hate him, yeah. you know, yeah. like his movies or not, you know. Avatar, right? We, we're going we're gonna to see a lot of his movies. I wonder if they're going to do a sequel to him about... His whole avatar experience. <laughs> uh, very cool. Um, yeah, guys, I just subscribed to both of those. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, of podcasts, as, as I mentioned. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of a podcasting group uh, called Kind of Funny. Um, these are guys that started out on IGN. Uh, if you know IGN.com, they're a video game website. Um, really respected in the industry. And these guys sort of splintered off and did their own, started doing their own thing, took a risk. Uh, and and tried to make it work, uh, and they've made it work. They're, they've got a huge fan base. They literally put out a podcast every day, uh, and there's some of the most genuine, kind-hearted people talking about video games on the internet, in my opinion. Um, everything they put out in 2020 has been really great. They adapted through COVID. Um, their fan base is called Kind of Funny Best Friends, and through it, I actually had the opportunity to meet so many other Kind of Funny Best Friends before, right before COVID hit. Um, and I, I got to meet the Toronto-based group uh, that they are uh, that sort of follows them. Um, so shout out to Press YYZ. They're a video game podcast, a local Toronto-based video game podcast. And uh, Mitch George, who I've had the opportunity to uh, to become friends with and and reach out to, and he's helped me so much with my streaming. Um, and so that's that's been really great. But um, but but. To uh, you know, another kind of funny best friend that I got to meet through through this love of this one podcast. Um, he also has a podcast, and he shares it with two other guys. Uh, and the podcast I chose for my 2020 podcast of the year is the Movie Podcast. Um, I mean, two words I, I would focus on for these lovely gentlemen and the content they put out in 2020: um, consistency and professionalism. Like they they managed to have a phenomenal year with incredible guest interviews like they've they interviewed directors uh composers they interviewed nathan johnson like ryan johnson's brother um who's a film composer and and um they you know they interviewed kevin lima um who who directed goofy movie and like you know i guess what i would say like if you if you specifically love movies or you treat movies like going to the movie theaters which we used to be able to do but if if you treated that like going to church 
you have to check out this podcast because these guys take it so seriously in a good way, not in like a over seriously way. Um, Daniel, Anthony and Shabazz, they've got fantastic chemistry um, and they're a joy to interact with too. They're very sociable. Like if you write in, they'll probably feature your write in. Um, and, and so I just like listening to them, hearing them from them every single week. And that's the big thing. Consistency. They've put out a podcast like pretty much every single week that they've been running the show um and their growth has been fantastic this year so and so how did they uh deal with you know a lack of you know things like trailers and 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 you know movie news outside of this has been canceled and this has been canceled right it was a lot of that you can only talk about that so much so what other sort of things did they yeah because it you know what it's interesting they even recognize it on the show like they started going through moments where they were like yeah, we're now we're just talking about cancellations and we're talking about this getting pushed back. Um, but but you know, they they didn't let the the lack of news stop them. They kind of did a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff that we even do here on the Geek Centric podcast, right? Where they they came up with games, they came up with uh lookbacks, they came up with celebrating different directors or or different things like that. But you know, they always managed to find something interesting to talk about even if the movie industry was sort of uh, grinded to a halt at certain points of 2020. So definitely, definitely check out that podcast as well as all the other podcasts that we just mentioned. And I mean, again, I, I just subscribed to your podcast. You could say I collected them in a way. <laughs> I've collected those podcasts now. So <laughs> a bit of a reach, but guys, um, I want to talk about our our favorite collectibles. You know, we're huge collectors i'm literally sitting in a room that i need to clean up a little bit before i stream uh soon on on thursday uh, that just surrounded by stuff <laughs> to my detriment sometimes um i want to know what was your top collectible of 2020 kevin let's start with you the, the the majority of what i collected over the year is probably pops um i think my favorite piece that i got this year uh has to be the haunted mansion um, from Funko. So it's the actual, uh, exterior of the attraction in Disneyland. Um, and it's just a really, really cool piece. Uh, the Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite collections that I have going. And so adding something, uh, like that to the collection is just, uh, always very, very exciting. I am looking forward to a Disney World, um, uh, similar, uh, product just because they're so different looking. And that's the one that I really have an affinity for. But yeah, that being said, uh, and and there's been a whole bunch of other uh, Funkos that have been coming in for potential future uh, fun boxing videos and the like. And so I'm not used to the, like my office, my 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 toy room is you know if you will is getting pretty full. Kevin, it's called an office or a studio. You can't call it a toy room, okay? We're adults, all right? Uh, but, yeah, but that's what adults you come over call it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm looking at the pictures of this this haunted mansion from Funko. That's so cool. I didn't even realize that they they did these more sort of elaborate pieces. It's that, like to me that's not even a, a Funko pop. Like that's just a really dope, you know, vinyl sort of almost statue of the building. It's just so cool to have something like that, you know. My Disney collection is is one of my favorites, and so to add any piece that's from a park, that's really where I like to focus. And so I want more that's of these rides point. and stuff like that from Funko, you know, for a lot more attractions. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're 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 getting good. Like I I think uh, you know jumping into the collectibles that I thought from 2020, like the Disneyland 65th anniversary stuff. Like I'm looking at the mini on on Dumbo. 
uh, friggin' Peter Pan on the ride, right? Like, you know, that's very much like a land and world sort of ride. Um, so with, with the 50th anniversary of, of Disney World being this, this uh, 2021, it'll be interesting to see what sort of Funko Pops come out to celebrate that um, with, with such a heavy, from 2020, the 65th being, you know, just a ton of, ton of pops. Um, I think this year we also got the, the five Mickeys. It's a Amazon exclusive. Yeah. 50th, uh, Walt Disney archives. It's so awesome how they're drawing each other and the progression goes down. It's so cool. But I got to say, I think, I think my, my all time favorite from this year has to be the, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie edition that Funko released for the 30th anniversary of the first movie. I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan, and I think even in our Ninja Turtles video, I mentioned, like, all I need is the Ninja Turtles movie edition and my collection would be complete, and (laughs) they're currently on their way here. So um, (laughs) I was able to pick them up, (laughs) finally. I pre-ordered them in, in 2020. Um, and obviously with everything going on with COVID, there's been a lot of delays and with, with shipments and pre-orders, pre-orders that I had that got canceled and I had to like move pre-orders to other things and it's just been nuts. So everything's been pushed back. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm there. Apparently I got the notification. They're on their way. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing these, uh, these gorgeous, gorgeous pops and they're in dynamic poses. They're not in just, you know, their traditional Funko poses. They're like, you know, they look like their characters. The only one that's really weird is Donatello. He looks really weird with his like beaky sort of, uh, nose. I don't know if that they, they really did that right. But the amount of detail in these, in these Funko pops specifically, like it's cool that Funko's really starting to to get into that um, and move away from the the very static. Again, they've got their look, um, but like just seeing the detail, like the freckles on their faces mm-hmm. and the pizza like melting out of Mikey's mouth, like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so awesome. cool. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I hope I hope that Funko continues to kind of add more and more detail to these things because I, I think I think it's you know it, it for the amount of money that we've spent so far, I think we deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> to your point like they're kind of pushing the boundaries where they're they're not necessarily the statuette figures but they're still fun and they're representational of what they should be representational of you can uh, look at them and you're instantly transported back to those moments exactly right? exactly yeah. yeah very cool um guys i mean you guys know that i i like to spend money uh with so many opportunities <laughs> to spend gas money on things i found it really tough during lockdown not to just buy everything while i was quarantining and even now that i'm you know, I'm at work now and I'm, I'm driving and commuting. I'm still spending all the money. Um, but, you know, thanks to the power of the Internet, I was able to feed my collecting edition, uh, let's say favorably. Um, of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we started out, uh, you know, the year at Kevin's wedding at, at Disney World. So, of course, I have to mention Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities um, or, you know. You basically walked in and, and just said one of everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> the person at the at the cash out was like, "Oh, this is it's, it's like been a, it's going to be a good year for you or something, right?" <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, uh huh." Um, as I as I Mom! did that, with, with nobody nobody knew. 
knew that I was doing it. Um, and uh, and I would say, you know, I walked away with a um, <clears throat> modest number of lightsabers. Um, but, you know, with, <laughs> with everything going on right now, you, unfortunately, you're not able to have the same experience if you're listening to this and you haven't already done so. Um, but Shop Disney is doing a really great job if you want to order some stuff online. Um, they can do it for delivery. They do international delivery. It's not cheap, um, but it is an option. Um, and also, we talked about video games uh, with the wonderful collector's editions that came out. Um, you know, Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, I've got Ellie's actual backpack from the game um, <laughs> as a physical backpack. Do I use it every day. I literally use it every day. I do. I wear it to work because we're in the middle of a of a pandemic. It's perfect. Um, and also um, the half mask from Ghost of Tsushima, Jin Sakai's half mask, I think is such a gorgeous piece to have and it's life size. But the collectible that I'm going to be awarding, my top collectible of 2020, for me, it, it has to be has to be this. And it's going to be a spoiler for The Mandalorian Season 2. So if you haven't watched that, be sure to do so and then come right back to this moment in the podcast. Okay, are we good? Guys, my favorite collectible of 2020 has to be my son, my beautiful baby boy. He's sitting right next to me, this life-sized Grogu. Uh, from Sideshow Collectibles. Uh, if you aren't already familiar with Sideshow Collectibles, they, they make the, the highest of high-end statues and representations of all things any geek could ask for. Um, they sell premium statues, and they also work with a company called Hot Toys, and that stuff is incredibly Incre- like eerily detailed in life, like yeah, scary. Jenna, <laughs> yeah, have you, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys know uh, Jetta Patrol. He's, he's another Funko Pop uh, toy collector. Absolutely. Uh, he's, he's transitioned a lot of his videos to more of these hot toy sideshow uh, collectible sort of uh, stuff. And, and it's really it's really high quality stuff. They're massive pieces, right? Like I remember just seeing some of these, like remember when we were at uh, Star Wars Celebration, just yeah. shelves of these things just stacked and you're like, oh my God, I want them all. <laughs> yeah. And they're like $300, $400 a piece for, oh, for yeah, a lot a piece, of the yeah. like standard figures yeah. and then statues go even more. But you know, this one was actually pretty favorably priced. I think mostly because it's, it's just his head sculpt, and there's nothing really going on in the body. Uh, if you want to know what Yoda's butt looks, baby Yoda's butt looks like, it, it's not there. Uh, I had to check, um, but uh, that sounds odd. Um, but um, but no, but you know what? Like to the point where like his his hairs on his sweet little head are individually hand punched, yeah. which blows my mind. His his eyes stare into my soul. Every time I look at him, thinking you just want to give him a cookie every time, yeah, or like an egg, like either a macaroon or a little egg or something. Um, But uh, but no, listen. As a huge fan of the Mandalorian, I can't think of a better way to celebrate the show than with with a collectible that is literally designed in partnership with the group that actually made the on screen puppet. Um, So it's it's super cool. I think they're still taking orders for it. If not, I know that Hot Toys also put out. Another version of it that that is all like I think just as good looking, um, and and yeah, definitely check out the life size uh, Grogu statue or Baby Yoda or the child. I think it's called the child on the internet, but that is my collectible of 2020, and he's just so cute. Um, cool. Okay, so guys, we've gone through pretty much everything. The last there's there's just two more topics that I wanted to talk about. Um, and uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the podcast. But guys, we haven't talked about movies yet. Um, I wanted to kind of dive in and say, you know, what was your top movie of 2020? Uh, now, 
unlike with television shows, I found that there weren't that many movies Definitely this not. year, you know, yeah. compared mm-hmm. to a, a typical year. Um, and so that uh, <clears throat> that sort of hindered me there that I didn't have very many to pick from. I, agree. I think the Oscars yeah. will be uh, interesting. Basically, yes. every movie that came out is going to get nominated for Best Picture. But also, like, what? where are they coming from? Because there's been so many theater delays and they've been all pushed to streaming, right? Like, right. you know, there was always been this big push I think this Oscars. is the year that that a, that a streaming right? service wins the Best Picture. I, I, I think, think so. That's where most of so. the, the best uh, movies are, are seem to Agreed. be this year. Agreed. Um, and I've seen a couple that I will save for our final topic of the show. Um, but, uh, a few standouts this year, I thought Palm Springs was really interesting. Um, it wasn't as good as I had, I think it was just overhyped for me by the time I I finally got it. Sorry. No, a lot of people did. A lot of people (laughs) did. I think my answer is going to be basically a cop out. It's been my favorite movie of the year since I saw it. Uh, and I've seen it three or four times now. And that would be trial of Chicago seven. Um, it's just, I just, I really hope it does well come Oscar time because I really did think it was quite uh, quite excellent. Um, yeah. And again, I have a few that I'll save for the next topic. Well, yeah, I, I agree, Kevin. It's, it was an interesting year for movies and I, I am 100% interested in seeing what the Oscars are going to look like because I, I do think that one of the movies that have been released to a streaming platform is going to win Best Picture and you know I think we'll see quite a few in the nominees list. You know, that being said, I haven't seen everything. There's there's a lot of movies I still want to see. I just couldn't leading up to this. But I was thinking back as to like the movies that did stand out and 100% Palm, Palm Springs was 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 good. It was good. I had a lot of fun. I definitely think it was overhyped, uh, specifically by Nate. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't no, I, 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 no, but I, I know. You know what? I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um, the, the acting was great. It, it was... It's it was. Lovely. It's definitely up there. It's definitely up there for sure. And I, I do yeah. think that it will be nominated for a Best Picture or it get recognition in the capacity of, of acting and, and, and writing even. Um, I can see that, yeah. There's there's some movies that I definitely want to check out, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to check them out and share them on future watch watches. So I won't I won't mention them. Uh, but the movie that stood out is one from Netflix. This was a weird movie. This was a weird movie, and you know you know me, guys. You know me. You know I like yeah. You're my weird artsy sort of you know leave yeah. me thinking sort of you know. And I love this filmmaker, uh, written and directed by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, this was a Netflix movie starring uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, Jesse Buckley, Tony Collette, and David Thewlis. Um, this is such a strange movie. It's it's very typical of of Kaufman. Um, if you haven't seen his other work, I'm sure Kevin, you've seen his stuff. But Nate, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, um, adaptation with Nicolas Cage, becoming John Malkovich, fantastic. And they're all weird, psychological, very obtuse movies. And this is in typical Kaufman fashion. This movie is uh, beautifully shot with an attention to spatial details. The movie uh, is a head scratcher. It can be a bit depressing, but it's it's very... It, I, I found it interesting watching it and comparing it to what was going on with uh, the pandemic and people being isolated and alone, uh, mental health, um, just those, those layers that were really entwined. Um, I'm not going to give anything away about the movie. I think if you guys are interested, you'll check it out. It is a very yeah, twisty. 
um, and it's beautifully shot. It's not traditional. It's not traditional in any way. It's it's a square sort of you know it doesn't fill the whole screen. Uh, it's it's a very nice aesthetic. It feels very vintage uh, in terms of like look and 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 composition and and whatnot. Um, yeah, I I actually like this movie like stuck out. I was thinking, man, that was a weird movie and uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I would say though, if it's the best, cause I don't know if I've seen enough to say if it's the best. So- I, I've, I've seen his work and I've, and I've just always kind of found his stuff almost like a little unapproachable just for like, it's hard to resonate with what's going on. It's sort of more, you're watching something rather than being a part of it. Yeah. He, it's interesting. Cause he's, he's written and directed it. I think this is the first movie he's done since 2015. Um, you know, and and in, in like I said, in typical fashion, this was very, very outside of the box um, in dealing with things like isolation, uh, loneliness, mental health. Uh, the acting performances are outstanding. Tony Collette, again, you know, she might get nominated for you know a best supporting actress in this one. I think uh, she was just weird. Um, but like you know, I was a huge fan of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. Um, I absolutely love that movie. Uh, it's probably one of my all-time favorites. Uh, just because of how weird it is. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the weird for best best movie of 2020 that I've I'd seen. I'd expect nothing less. Cool. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, I've added it to my watch list, so I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, guys, this category for me was, I think it was a little bit easier because, as we said, there wasn't that much released in mm-hmm. 2020. Um, standouts, of course, you mentioned it, right? Trial of the Chicago 7, Palm yeah. Springs. Those were like surprises. You know yeah. what I mean? Like those were movies that I didn't, I didn't know existed. You know, usually with movies, a lot of movies, we have the hype of like, we've seen the trailer. The movie is coming out. We're going, okay, we got our tickets. We're going to go see it. Um, And for those, it was just like, yeah, this movie's great. Check it out. And it's there. Um, So that was was really nice. Um, But a movie that we did go see in the theaters and had a lot of anticipation and build up for, um, I think still still fits on my list, which is Tenet. Um, I, I really did did enjoy it um, and have since watched it again with subtitles, and it's it's much better. But now, was the plot more or less confusing the second time? I've heard both. I think it was less. Like it was it was something like I could follow, but I, you know, I also watched a bunch of videos to help support me with that. Um, Palm Springs again, it's delightful. It's fun. It's it's quirky. It's it's one of the it's the best thing that um, Andy Samberg has ever done and been in. But the movie I chose as my top movie of 2020 is Pixar's Soul. Um, Soul is it's very clearly Pixar bringing its its A game. You know, like we've we've seen Pixar's B team with with movies like Cars Two or The Good Dinosaur or Finding Dory. Um, but this this movie Yo, felt like Finding Dory's not fi- a B movie. Yeah, bro. it's a it's a Pixar B team movie. I agree. We, okay. Listen, we can I we can agree. movie okay. combat that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but um, I mean, listen. Even when Pixar puts out B movies, they're still better than most. Yeah, Cars is uh, actually animated. probably like triple A for them. Yeah, Cars Two? No, no. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie felt like the most Pixar Pixar movie. Like, you know, um, it, it's it's like I know that the movie is somewhat marketed towards kids, obviously, but I, I don't really think it's a kids movie. I don't think it. I don't think it's a kids movie at all. That's why I. That's why I didn't think it worked. But uh, really, yeah. I just for me, it, it. 
Like it goes so deep into the, its its ex- existential themes and ideas that the average kid's not going to pick up on that. They're gonna they're gonna see the the character eat the yeah, pizza look at and the poop it out. Colors and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I don't know. I think I think it works, man. I do think it works as a way to under like for for kids to understand that what's inside of them is 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 much more. And it is it is this idea of, of figuring out what your spark is, what drives you, what inspires you. I think that message is is pretty clear. But I do think to your point though, like the adults that are sitting with their kids watching that movie are really gonna resonate because of their own life lessons that they've probably learned. But the kids are gonna see it in a, in a maybe in a different way, but they found a balance to hit both marks with this Cause, movie. Because what I got from it and like what I think a lot of adults will get from it is it's like it's initial it's initial out there ideas and themes and it's overall simple and beautiful message of enjoying the little moments in life and right. and how it's truly important most important to live in the moment and how that can be your legacy that can be your life and that's okay um and and i just i i just love how stunning it is it's gorgeous it's it's one of the i think it's in my opinion like the most beautiful Pixar movie. I know Toy Story 4 was gorgeous, but this movie just completely I just think knocked it out of the park. Inside out, you know, and that's dealing with dealing with your emotions yes. and, yeah. and that but that I think that was a little bit clearer of a message than this one. But imagine Even I'm yeah. not, you know, other than this like there was a lot of existential stuff that is just mm-hmm. not going to res- resonate with kids and almost takes away from the main message that they were trying to do in that inner spark and I think they could have yeah toned it down a bit i don't know i just found it very very heady but i think it's it's easier to to uh illustrate and 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 characterize feelings than it is the human soul and so for what they for what they did i think it it works really well it works by the way it works in the pixar verse theory i think it's almost a prequel to inside out or maybe a sequel to inside out um and the representation in the film is is so well done, like with with the influence from its co-director Kemp Powers. Um, the soundtrack is just another. I think Pixar knocked it out of the park. Like John Batiste, Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor. Yo, um, it was so well done. So well done. I've I've already watched it twice, and I want to rewatch all the Pixar movies because of it, um, including this one. I absolutely loved it. Being somebody who loves to play instruments, I loved that aspect of it, mm-hmm. but felt like it didn't focused on that like it, it it was almost like two different ideas that came together into one story whereas like you know ratatouille um had focused so much on the beauty of cooking it was their food movie you know and this could have been their music movie it didn't hit the marks that i was expecting it to in different areas yeah, yeah. Uh, well listen as much as it uh you know whether it whether it was your favorite pixar movie or whether it might have disappointed you a little bit i think that's you know, even even the most disappointing Pixar movies are still as better I said, than Wonder Woman 1984. Way better than some of the biggest disappointments that we may have had in 2020. Speaking of the biggest disappointments we had in 2020, um, you know, beyond coronavirus and all the other horrible things that happened. Um, <laughs> speaking specifically about movies or TV shows or whatever you guys wanted to chime in with. Um, guys, let's let's end off on a on a fun. Uh, let's bash some of those <laughs> terrible things that we got a chance to watch uh, or or see uh, in 2020 um, as our our final category, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up our first episode of season three. Justin, okay, so I picked two. I have the worst thing I watched and the biggest disappointment. 
So which one do you want first, boys? I want the bad news first. <laughs> so the worst thing I watched is 100% Wonder Woman 1984. Like, yeah. after I watched it the first time, because I, I did go back and I watched it. Because he watched it twice. He tried to defend it to me. <laughs> so, so, no, yeah, I watched it twice. And I, I, like, I literally, like, I didn't know what it was that made me at least not feel so unpleasant about it. But upon watching it the second time, it doesn't know what it wants to be. And the acting from each of the characters... Uh, is so all over the map that tonally it just shifts so much. It's like three movies of three characters smashed into one giant movie, and you know it's 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 a bit sloppy. The pacing of this and how everything is is felt so monumentous, and each character gets their moment. It's like this is so obvious, obviously a push for some sort of Oscar consideration. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it just it reeks of of that from from all aspects of it, and um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna put it there as the worst thing that I've watched, especially for all the hype that this movie was getting and and was building up. I just think that this, you know, not not any discredit to Patty Jenkins. I think she's a, a fine filmmaker. Uh, I just think that there's just a lot that this movie is trying to do, and it doesn't know what it wants to do, and it's probably. That's why it's the worst thing I've watched. It was just an awful representation. Let me let me jump in there because I I've that's my answer as well. Uh, and and for Patty Jenkins, yes, she's a I think she's actually a great director. Um, she's not a great writer though, and so that was that was the the big issue. Um, and she had such a problem with the second half of Wonder Woman one uh, that she I feel like she just overwrote this. Um, like I, when I saw Sonic the Hedgehog, I was like, "Oh, this is the worst movie of 2020." And then I realized I couldn't have any more faith in DC to make a good film anymore. So, yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 is my least favorite. First off, it's two and a half hours. The <laughs> movie is two and a half hours long. It has two opening scenes. Yeah, and those two opening scenes I think best represent Justin like our biggest issue with the movie. The first opening scene, you've got this epic Amazon Olympic scene with a young Diana Prince, and it's serious, and it's great, and I, I enjoyed it. Then you get this second opening scene of Wonder Woman in the 80s, and she's saving people, and it's fun, and it's cheesy, and it's 80s goofiness, and there's costumes. But right after that, the movie goes into such a strange direction because, as you said, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It tries so hard to be both overtly serious and campy at yes. the same time. Yes. And it doesn't work. And to your point, Gal Gadot is going for an Oscar while all the other characters are having fun. All the yeah. other actors are having... And, and you know, huge shout out to Pedro Pascal because I actually think he was great in this movie for, for what yeah. he was given. I, well, um, what he was given, right? he, was, he was actually decent. I didn't mind Kristen Wiig uh, as a villain, she was kind of no. cute, and you know, yeah. like she was okay. Her her character towards the end though just falls apart and becomes like meaningless. But like her acting, like she she gave it her all, and I I, I appreciated that. Gal Gadot just I feel like she just kind of like she phoned it in. You know what I mean? Like <sighs> she just she was just she was just kind of boring. Like even her moments when she had to have like emotion felt fake. Again, she's going for the Oscar, and the other characters weren't like. And, and, and like, here's the thing. If this movie had the confidence, we talked about Cobra Kai earlier. Cobra Kai has the confidence to be like, get the, get the heck out of my way. I'm an 80s cheesy show about Karate Kid. And it knows what it is and it has the confidence to do that. If this movie had the confidence to be itself, to be a, an 80s movie, 
it would have been fantastic, but it doesn't. It 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 just it's a movie that contradicts itself at every turn, both thematically and narratively. And you'll pause it halfway through, and you're going to be upset that you're ha- only only halfway through it. Honestly, it's such a huge letdown because Wonder Woman was probably one of my favorite of the DC movies, and and honestly, now I'm not excited for more Wonder Woman. It's just such a huge letdown. I personally have not seen this movie, uh, and it feels like I'm dodging a bullet, or 100%. at least deflecting it off of my bracelet, um, because it just sounds so terrible. And it's funny, I'm sure that was a big disappointment for a lot of people. For me, it wouldn't have been. I didn't even like the first one. And so as soon I, as I heard, man, I really liked the first one, but this sucked, I'm like, oh, I am not going to enjoy that movie. So if it's free one day on... HBO or or yeah, don't you know, pay for it. Do I'm not, not pay paying for, for that for that flick. Yeah, I, you know, you'll, as you'll, much as I like it, to support the system, but uh, you know, I to Nate's point, I didn't mind Wonder Woman. It had its faults, but in the in the shit that is the DCU, it was at least above the rest of it. And the hope of maybe them kind of moving in a strong direction for their superhero universe but yeah wonder woman 2 just didn't really like it just didn't know what it wanted to be now biggest disappointment i mean now this one for me means that i was really really excited for this movie and uh i was you know anticipating it um i even rewatched it recently just to just to affirm how disappointed i was um and i watched it in uh succinction with the other you hate watch this movie I kind of did. I kind of, I kind of hate watched it because wow. the first two are really great, and then number three comes out this year at the beginning of this year, um, and that is Bad Boys for Life. Um, really, I am a huge Bad Boys fan. Oh, I no. love the ba- like. I watched that when I was a kid because I was really big into Fresh Prince. Um, got into Bad Boys, watched Bad Boys two, watched Bad Boys three, and was just like, yeah, this movie was a huge letdown. That's man. so like, surprising. Sucks. It was. It was like received pretty decently by critics given what it was and especially compared to two like when's the last time you saw two i just saw it yeah like really i i I saw it recently ish and it was not a great no it's it's again for, for for what you're getting out of the bad boys series like you know bad boys one is is dated and you know it it's got its 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 90s vibe Bad Boys 2, uh, you know, for the high octane action that was my or that is Michael Bay, I'll take it. It was it was primo. Um, and, and it's not great. The story's not great, but it's just it's fun and they're great. They're super energetic. It's really about them. This one was just about them passing a torch. And it's like, huh. You know what I mean? But I like, thought those you know, like lethal weapon, you know, we're getting too old for this vibe, you know, and it was uh, for sure. I thought Martin and, Lawrence was really good and like should well, be in more yeah, stuff, you know? Yeah, Martin Martin Lawrence was was the highlight. Um but yeah, it, it's uh it, it was it was definitely one of the disappointments of uh, 2020 for me at least. Uh, I just I thought I'd pick one from each section there just to kind of offer up. Yeah, no. No, I know you're a big fan, so it's uh it's always disappointing when something lets <laughs> yeah. you down. Yeah, that that sucks, dude. Like I I've I actually heard so many good things about it, so now you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I'm sure like shoot. honestly, I just I I think what I was hoping for was more of them. And I, right. I knew that it was going to be, to Kevin's point, that Lethal Weapon 4 vibe where it's like, you know, we're getting too old for this. But if it is, then just focus on them. One last, you know, ride or die mission, you know, make it full octane. Go, go, you know, 
go full bar you know what i mean with like with the energy and you know tap them out do you know what i mean yeah. like just just tap them out right so i mean mm. there is a bad boys four apparently which is bad which boys is four like, for life there yeah. you go is that way well it'll be, yeah, it'll be life, bad boys for, for life again but with a yeah <laughs> yeah yeah kevin you know that i mean that movie sounds also very disappointing but what was what was your uh biggest disappointment or, or worst thing you watched well I'll, I'll start with the the worst thing i watched because i actually just watched it over the last few days in an attempt to try and get more movies in because as we've mentioned a few times the the movie releases in 2020 were few and far between. Uh, and I'll actually talk a bit more about that for my disappointment. But in terms of uh, just worst movie I watched this year, uh, and again, I avoid movies that are just supposed to be bad. I can't watch a bad movie on purpose. Uh, and so I really do try to avoid them. But this one um, was just an absolute failure of a movie in every regard. And it was Greyhound. <laughs> Uh, starring oh, Tom Hanks. It was oh, no. Apple Plus's sort of foray into movie making. And what oh. a stink. I, it, I will watch anything with Tom Hanks, and I can't think of a time I've walked away disappointed. This really? was the most boring, pointless, uninvolving <laughs> movie I've ever experienced. It Picture, was like he was another captain. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't even know his name. I don't even, I think they just call him Captain the whole time. You don't even get like a Captain so and so. Yeah. But honestly, guys, this movie, picture uh, a movie where you're on a boat and there are submarines that you can't see chasing the boat. And that's what you get for two hours. So they've got these submarines hunting them down, but you can't see them. And that's supposed to be suspenseful. But because there is zero character introduction, there is zero character development, you don't care about the people on this ship. And picture a 10 minute action sequence in a movie like hunt for red October or uh, you know, that sort of movie where, right. you know, it's that 10 minute, uh, even yeah. battleship did it better. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. really? I know what you mean. Yes. Oh, I actually like battleship. Let me talk about that one day. Um, <laughs> but this, it was basically that 10 minute climactic scene for two hours and it was boring and dull, and Sarah and I both looked at each other and went, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> so, well, thankfully, you didn't pay for your subscription, so Well, yeah, I got that free this year. I, <laughs> you know, I'd be fine paying 10 bucks just so I could poop on it. It's so bad. <laughs> you know, it's so bad, it, it's almost disappointing. Mm. Uh, but my disappointment of this year stems from the fact that I am generally a fan of this person's work. I think I've liked absolutely everything they've done with exception to uh, one movie. Um, but so the movie I'm talking about that came out in 2020 was King of Staten Island. Uh, I'm a huge yeah. Judd Apatow fan. <laughs> and I just, uh, and the other movie of his that I just really have never enjoyed was Funny People. Mm -hmm. um, and in both instances, both with Funny People and now King of Staten Island, I've gone back to watch it twice and it hasn't changed my mind. And I knew it wouldn't because, like, when I see an Apatow movie, I'm just, I, I either like it or I don't right away. Uh, and I just could not connect with this character to save my life. I thought mm. he made really bad decisions the whole time, even when there were reasons for him to change. And, and so eventually I just stopped rooting for him, I think. Um, I mean, Bill, and it's a shame because Bill Burr is so great in this. I'd like to, like, he's he's winning me over this year, guys. Uh, you know, I'll accept him as a as a New Yorker, and I'll accept him in space. I, I, I'm I'm 
I'm, I'm really growing on the guy. And Marissa Tomei is her usual wonderful self, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just that I don't like Pete Davidson or I just found the character that unlikable that it was just a really big disappointment for me. And it was one of the few times where, you know, I was excited. Uh, we got popcorn. We got drinks from the theater. We made it a a, a night at the movies. A whole night. Rented yeah. it, you know, had had a friend come over to watch it. And it was just a really disappointing experience. Oh, that sucks. It's unfortunate. Yeah, that, I check that's... that one out. And as a huge Bill Burr fan, you know, I think, you know, hearing that he might have been one of the highlights, like, you know, I might still check it out because I'm Bill Burr fan number one, as we found out in the Mandalorian review. Uh, but <laughs> um, but no, yeah, dude, that was one of those movies that like I even showed my mom that trailer and I was like, we're going to watch this. We're going to we're going to check it out. And I we never did. And mostly because, yeah, we heard we we're just so many negative things about it, which, uh, yeah, that's rough. Um, but guys, you know what isn't rough? The fact that we made it together. We made, we did 2020 together and we, we had the opportunity to, you know, well, it wasn't our most, um, productive year. I'd say we, we definitely put out at least more videos than, than there were movies out. So maybe, maybe a, just a little more. Um, but, uh, we put, out but a sh- we put out a crap ton of podcasts. So man, a ton of podcasts. Uh, we, we, we have, I think like, if you count watch club, like 32 episodes for season, like season one was only like, I think 13 or, or 12 yeah. episodes. We put out <laughs> so 32 we episodes for season two. You know, and you know, well, it we has could been double the that this year at this yeah, rate. For sure. so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And right. But it's 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 what's safe. It's what works. I just think we were so lucky that at a time where we couldn't really do anything, we still had that escape through movies and television. Uh, for myself, you know, the fact that they were able to carry on with sports seasons, you know, it's just that escape. So you're not constantly thinking about how crappy things are. Um, it was just a really nice thing to have all mm-hmm. year. And, and so I'm very thankful for that, that they were able to to do that for us. And yeah, and, and, and geeks, you know, feel free to to join us um, yeah. going forward into 2021. We've we've got a lot to look forward to, um, not just from all the things that we've talked about, all the things that we loved, but also, you know, we're, we're trying to commit to putting out even more content uh, this year specifically. So we're super excited for that. Um, you know, keep in mind, this was our look back at 2020 going forward. Our next episode of the geek centric podcast is going to be our look forward into 2021, our most anticipated, uh, geek centric things of 2021. Um, so guys, thank you so much for, for joining us. And, you know, if you want to write into the show with some of your top movies or top games, uh, or TV shows of 2020, feel free to do so. Or if you want to write in with your most anticipated, what you're really looking forward to for 2021, as long as it doesn't get delayed, um, you know, you can, you can definitely do so. Um, Justin, it's, it's been quite the year. So I, I can't seem to remember the email. Where can they email us again? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That is wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. You like that, guys? A <laughs> little less energy. Yeah. No, it is chill. <laughs> uh, we, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We are geekcentric, and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Um, be sure to also follow us on Twitter 
Twitter at GeekCentricYT. Follow us on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Oh, and also... Um, I'm back to streaming after a, a short break. Um, you can catch me streaming some of the latest and greatest video games over at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. Guys, I'm so I'm actually really excited for this upcoming one. I'm going to be streaming uh, two, two new games in, like week to week. Uh, I'm going to be streaming Hitman 3. Um, that and, uh, and that's the brand new entry in the Hitman series. Um, you know, just a, a great way to start off the year. So if you like that, please come by, say hi. Let's keep the conversation going over there on Twitch. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this evening's insightful look back on the year of quarantine. And uh, as we say, love ya. Stay home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>